2: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Michael Levitt. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. We are going to talk about something we've talked about before, but I think it's more important than ever before in that that is burnout. Uh, You've gone through it yourself in the past. And uh, now more than ever, I'm hearing from business owners, employees and employers that a lot more people are going through a different type of burnout. Maybe they're not rushing and hustle and bustle to traffic to work, but now they have a different type of stress with COVID working remotely and all of that. So I'd love for you to get started before we get started, just share a little of your backstory and what brought you to where you are today and, and going through your own burnout.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, my backstory was about burnout uh, back in 2009 to 2010 over a period of 369 days. I had a heart attack that should have killed me. I lost my job during the Great Recession. My vehicle was repossessed by the bank, and finally my home was foreclosed all in a year. Wow! And all of these things happened because I was burned out. Up to 2009, I was working seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., constantly on emails, constantly talking with my boss, board of directors, and I was working in healthcare, ironically, mm-hmm. as a healthcare executive, and hiring and recruiting staff and recruiting physicians and, and educating the community why our clinic was better than others. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And from nutrition standpoint from a wellness standpoint from not doing things that um, i really like to do i quit doing all the things in life that i enjoyed doing uh, because i was just working and working and working and you know came to a crashing halt and you know i'm very fortunate to be alive so fast forward a few years after i recovered from all of those situations and my health is better and have a car have a home all the, you know able to replace everything that i lost thankfully i realized that a lot of other people were running out and this was about five years ago and i'm looking going this is not good because i know what burnout can do to somebody in an extreme case you can lose your life if you don't address it so I made some changes on myself, and then I started talking with people about, you got to make some changes, because otherwise you could really run into some problems. And the common response I got from people, especially in, in the healthcare sector that I was still working in, was, I'm just going to work through it. It'll be fine. Yeah. And I, I knew the truth to that is, no, you will not work through it. You can't work through it. You have to do work within. Yeah. And I realized, okay, I need to do something a little bit more concrete about this. So I started writing about it and then I thought, okay, wait a minute. I've got a business here that I could actually generate, you know, revenue and and make some impact in a more larger scale than just my community. So launched breakfast leadership, launched my podcast, um, started consulting with organizations and individuals, then started speaking uh, on the speaking circuit and, Fast forward to now, I mean, the, the primary thing that I do now is podcasts and speaking at events and in front of organizations on burnout, because as you said a couple of moments ago, it's a huge problem.
2: Yeah. Can I stop you right there? I'm finding something interesting. I uh, was working in corporate Um, doing 12 or more hours a day thinking the more I'd work, the more I get done. And, And then I just completely burned out like yourself, had some health issues. And then my boss, God bless him, said, I think you could pull this out and do a business on it and you'd be more successful and you'd probably be less stressed. And he was not right about it being as easy as I thought. But here's the thing. I took that mindset of do more, do more, and brought it straight to a business as a consultant and was just doing 16, 17 hours, more hours, actually, uh, on my own business and getting burned out again, but in a different manner. Why do Americans sometimes think more is better? And, and how did that come about, that push, push, push?
1: I think it's and it's been around a lot longer than... You know the internet influencers that say grind and work hard and, and all of that. And there's certain people in the world that can actually do that and they don't burn out and they, they feed off it. But majority of people can't do that. Our productivity in an eight-hour day uh, at best is three and a half hours. And that keeps getting smaller because our attention span keeps getting smaller. And we're often working against what our energy levels are for the tasks that we do. So one of the exercises I have people do is to track their energy levels throughout the day Mm -hmm. and what they're working on. And then when they look back at that, they can realize, wait a minute, if I'm working on spreadsheets, for example, better for me to look at those in the morning than in the afternoon. Now other people might be the opposite of that, but at least I know this is a good time for me to work on this type of work. Uh Let me schedule that work to match my energy. And then what happens is, it's not as difficult because you're working in the flow of where your energy levels are. And when you can do that, it makes a big sense. But to further answer your question,
0: Hmm.
1: Americans in principle are very hardworking. Um, It's been generational as far as bootstraps, work hard, you know, earn your keep and all of that kind of stuff. And what happens is you start putting in more and more hours because you think if I work harder, I'll be recognized, I'll get promoted. Right now, with what's going on with COVID-19 and people working from home, a lot of people are working a lot more hours than they should because they're afraid of losing their jobs. So they have to show that, hey, look, I'm, I'm working really hard at home. I'm not, I'm not sitting around watching Netflix all day. I'm actually doing work mm-hmm. throughout the day. And they're working more hours than they were before because NordVPN did a study in the spring that indicated Americans were working on average 20% more hours than before the pandemic started.
2: Yeah, I noticed yeah. that myself too, Michael, talking to employers and including myself, because you're not traveling, you're like, oh, well, you don't think to stop. When you're in an environment where people are like going to lunch, you're like, oh, I'm going to get lunch now. Or people starting to leave, you're like, oh, maybe I should just go home and take the dog out. But when you don't have the visual cues or there's cues around you, you just keep working. And sometimes right. it's not even about the thinking of I might lose my job. It just you don't, you don't have those cues to remind you, okay, stop.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, I, I highly encourage people to use alarms on their phones to say, okay, even to the point of get up and move around, because you might sit in a, in a chair. And in many cases, for a lot of us that are working from home, mm-hmm. it's not an ergonomic chair. It's your dining room chair, or it's your couch, or it's your bed. That's not a workstation. So I I implore people to work with your employer, see if you can get an ergonomic setup in your home so you don't have to go to physiotherapy after all of this is done and you go back to the office, assuming you do go back to the office. Because depending on the organization, there are many that are saying, we're not coming back to the office. We don't foresee that. We're going to get rid of our leases and everyone's working remotely where others are like, please come back. And it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic from a work standpoint, but you hit it right on the head. Uh, people have not established boundaries around when they work and when they don't. And, mm-hmm. That's a huge problem when and you, you hit it right on the head when you say, we don't have the cues. Yeah. Okay, it's time to go for a coffee break. Or it's time to go to lunch. <laughs> it's time to go home. We're already home. So we just keep working. And yeah. that's where the extra 20% on average has come from. Because instead of waking up in the morning, getting cleaned mm-hmm. up and driving to work or taking transit to work, We're getting up and just starting to work.
2: Yeah. Um, You know, here's something else I'm hitting on is that uh, when you mentioned energy flow, I'm wondering how much of the loss of energy flow throughout the day is also due to not moving, exercising, a good diet, perhaps, because you had mentioned that you had a heart attack and you mm -hmm. had some health issues. I'm wondering if that's also why we're not as effective with the flow of working through the day with maybe not good nutrition and, and moving about and exercising.
1: You're you're right on that uh, on all fronts. People are not working out as much. They're not exercising for, for the most part. A lot of the gyms were closed for a bit. And even for those people that never went to the gym, they still had some activity by getting up, leaving their house, commuting to work, walking to the office, walking around the office where people could just be home and, If they track their steps, they may not hit a thousand steps in a day. So they're really creating a problem. And also, too, with the pandemic and the stress and things not being open and everything else our nutrition habits have slid down. And from a stock standpoint, from an investment standpoint, that's why the quote-unquote junk food types of organizations are reporting really good profits for the last three to six months because people have been buying more and more chips and Mm -hmm. soft drinks and other quote-unquote not healthy food Mm -hmm. because they're sitting there just working and plugging away in. If you don't consume not only good food, but get good energy and have boundaries around what you watch, because there's no shortage of stressful information on the
2: news. (laughs) Tell me. Yeah.
1: So if you don't have boundaries around that, all you are consuming is bad negativity. Mm. And that creates stress and prolongs stress over a period of time, ends up turning into burnout.
2: How did it work for you when you were working in the health industry and you began to realize these negative effects? Did you get to a point where, okay, I'm losing everything, my health, my car, my everything? What was the kind of aha moment that I need to make shifts? And how did you go through to start creating changes in your life?
1: Well, I, I didn't make any changes until I was you know in the hospital after the heart attack. Everything else happened after the heart attack. So laying in the hospital bed for, and I was there for about a week uh, because there was a shortage cardiologist and there was a lot of people getting uh, heart work done. I was, of course, the youngest by far uh, in that group. I was 40 years old. Wow. And the 40-year-olds are not supposed to be in the cardiac ward of a hospital unless they're visiting their grandparents. Um, <laughs> I was the youngest one. So the nurses all gave me a lot of attention because I was closer to their age than most of the patients, which is ironic, but. Uh, So, but laying there, I realized, okay, I am, and my cardiologist told me, you are very lucky to be alive. Uh, And I recognized that and I thought, okay, I need to make some adjustments. I didn't know what I needed to do, but I knew I had to make some adjustments in my life. And then of course, all those other things happened afterwards. And after every one of those events, because they didn't happen all at once, it was spread out over a year, but once... once the foreclosure was done, and now thankfully, we were already in a, a new place that we were renting and everything else had pretty much taken, been taken care of a new job, had a car already, you know, health was getting much better. So it, it wasn't as impactful as it could have been, but it was still obviously impactful uh, going through those losses. But once I realized at that point, everything that I could have lost, I did, mm-hmm. and it, it was done. So then it gave me the opportunity to make a choice. Like I could either A, say, hey, I'm Superman. I survived all that. I can go on in my life and just do whatever I want. I'm invulnerable. Or I could start pointing the finger and blaming everybody, blaming the fast food companies for feeding me, blaming the organization that let me go, blaming all the companies that didn't hire me and banks and all that. Or look at it and go, look, I had 100% control over my life. And created these scenarios to happen in my life. Do I want to have that happen to me again? And it was no. So it's like, I better understand why I behaved the way I did. Why did I make those choices? Why did I do that to make sure that I never burned out again? It was 11 years ago. I have not burned out since. And because I know the signs, I know the warning signs, I know what it feels like to start... Being stressed and over a period of time, it leads to burnout. So I know if I've got a particular stressful situation, you know, I, I you know do all kinds of different things. Like one is like, okay, let's take a step back. What's going on here? What are your thoughts and your beliefs and feelings about this situation? Why do I feel that way? And and get really granular into why these things are happening. So then I can make a different choice or look at it in a different way or make some changes if I need to about the situation so I don't have to endure it anymore or deal with it, depending on what the situation is. By doing that, go ahead.
2: You said something very interesting. You said that you would look or or pay attention to your thoughts and and your actions uh, to see where are they coming from? Are they negative? Are they not? And I'm thinking, how much does that play a part in everyday stresses that people might experience, the thoughts and the feelings you might have and examining them? Is that often a greater portion of what causes your stress?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Being a CBT and an LP therapist, I did it when I got certified in those therapies It was more for myself than you know obviously to help others as well but it was to get a better understanding as to the power of our thoughts and our beliefs and behaviors that have such a huge impact for us we chose to work where we work okay why did we choose that job what what about that job made us want to take it now for some people it was i needed a job and it was the only one that gave me an offer I understand that. There may be some others where they wanted to take that role because they thought they would get promoted into a higher role Then maybe they'd be able to go to work for this company or that company based on the experience they get. There's all kinds of different reasons and and locations and everything like that. But our patterns of beliefs and thoughts and decisions that we make create these scenarios that can go either well or put us in a really stressful situation. And of course, prolonged stress can lead to burnout.
2: You know, it's interesting, Michael. Often I think of some of the stressful times in my life. I often would have this idea that at the time that I couldn't change it for whatever reason that we just had to stay here, whether it's a negative job perhaps or a negative relationship. You start convincing yourself of reasons why you have to stay with that relationship or that job and without realizing the possibilities that there might be other options out there.
1: There are tons of options. And even during a pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, you can find a new job. My better half switched jobs three months ago. In the middle of the pandemic, she found a new job uh, because the previous role that she was in was not good for her. It was causing a lot of stress. It just wasn't the right fit. And she thought, "Okay, let's find something different. And she did. Does it take time? Of course. How long? It depends. It really depends on what your role is, where it is, and all of that. But you have to you have to take ownership of your life. You are in control of your life. I know a lot of people delegate it when they go to work for somebody. It's like, oh, I don't have any choices in what I do at work. I'm like, well, do you know that for sure? Have you had the communications with your manager or your boss on when you work, what times you work on things? Do they give you that autonomy, or do they give you basically, here's the 10-point list that you're going to work on every day? Yeah, and it really depends on what type of role you're in, but I think a lot of employees have a little bit more autonomy than they think they do, Hmm. and then maybe some organizations, they've got bad management where they don't allow their employees to do anything without approvals and 18,000 Zoom meetings a day and everything else that we're (laughs) seeing going on right now.
2: Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I recall being in a position uh, where I said to my employers, hey, I'd like to actually add some exercise in my life. I'm feeling sluggish, run down, whatever. And I told them what I desired for my health. And I said, this is what I'd like to do, work out three times a week during lunch. Um, Is that a possibility? If I go over, I will stay later. Is that something we can do? And they said, yeah, sure. And they were immediately like, hey, less sick time, you be healthier, uh, that worked for us. So they actually started to encourage it for their employers, employees. But what's interesting is that I, I, I like that you mentioned that sometimes we'll convince ourselves that we don't have the option without even seeking to ask, is it a possibility? And sometimes just the asking, you you find out you have more possibilities than you thought you did.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a big challenge that we're seeing right now, especially so many people that are working from home that unfortunately became full-time school teachers as well, because their children were uh, at home and not in in class. So, and they know this like, wait a minute, I work from nine to five. My kids are in school from maybe nine to three or nine to four. Uh, How's that going to line up? And that's where again, having communications with your employer and coming up with some solutions that you can get your work done and still be able to assist your children in the education that they need. I think one of the things that this pandemic could Mm -hmm. create, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, could is for many people that work in corporate or in many organizations, They're salaried positions, okay? They're not an hourly punch time clock in and out kind of thing. We're still tied to this, have to work eight hours a day, even though on average the productivity of most employees is under three hours a day. So you're paying employees five hours to not, not be productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Now I'm not giving employers the permission to only pay for three hours. That's not. So you're not paying. You're not paying for the time. You're paying for the expertise Result. and the skill set yeah. and the results. Mm-hmm. We need to make a shift from paying for time to paying for results and outcomes. Yeah. As a manager, say, here's this role that I've hired. What does this role do? Do it and get out of their way and let them do it. If mm-hmm. they get it done in three hours. Awesome. They get it done in 12 hours. Okay. Well, as long as they're meeting the deadline, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But you don't pay for the hour. You pay for the role in the roles that they do. And having that mind shift, which is going to be a huge mind shift because we've been on that time clock assembly line model for well over a century. And that needs to be retired. And we need to come up with something different. Especially if we start seeing organizations doing more of a working remotely kind of thing. And it'll end up changing it to, okay, you're paying for these types of deliverables and things like that and, and, and shift away from the, well, you put in your 40 hours. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, some, if some people take 40 hours to get it done and they get it done and you're happy with their performance and the deliverables, then great. If they get it done in five hours and you're happy with the deliverables, great. You know, yeah. it's just but it has got to be a mind shift on that. And that's going to take, a, I think, a little bit longer to come to. But hopefully there's some organizations that are looking at that and realizing maybe we go about it this way and, and see how it works.
2: Yeah, I I like that you say that, Michael, because honestly, uh, so many places I've consulted at, been at, worked at, they actually do pay most people these days in the United States on a salary basis. So that means that if you require them to be there 40 hours, but it's salary based, it really doesn't matter if they end up working 48 hours or less, you're paying them the same amount. So if you just make that simple mind shift, it's a win-win for everyone. They get to take care of their kids if need be, but you make sure that you get the results and the value you need in order to keep your company running. So it actually can be a win-win if everyone makes that, that shift.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I hope more organizations do it because it'll make for a better work-life harmony. I never believe in work-life balance. that You can't yeah. balance anything. It's like trying to balance an egg. It's just not <laughs> going to work. Uh,
0: well, also but,
2: things change. Uh, every single position job that exists at different times may require a bit more effort than other mm-hmm. times of the month or day or whatever based on whatever you do. If you have a sales uh, position and now you have a big client that just signed up and you need to do certain things to get that signature on the dotted line and push that through, you might require more hours in one week than another. But, you know, it's just, that's why I love the idea of results-based because it's a win-win. If you have to stay longer on one day to get that that contract pushed through, then so be it. But then maybe tomorrow you get to work less hours because you've pushed that through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. And I hope more organizations really take a look at it because, again, it gives... It gives flexibility and what happens is if you get you find the right people to work for the organization that thrive under that situation mm-hmm. your turnover is going to drop dramatically which means you don't have to spend all the time onboarding new people they're going to be happier and healthier if a happy healthy employee is enjoying the work that they do the quality of their work improves which means the deliverables to clients which could be us improves. so as a society we get better things if people are happier and healthier. When 30% of insurance claims now are mental health related, that's a problem. And real quick, on you know, a lot of, because a lot of organizations don't address burnout, but like, well, it's not impacting the bottom line. Oh, it is. And it yeah. will big time, especially next year for sure, because... The number of mental health claims and mental leave claims and all that stuff that's going through insurance right now is skyrocketing. So what's going to happen? Your insurance premiums, corporate organization are going up next year, which means your bottom line is going to be there. And it may be significant, which means for those in the accounting world, it will be recognize an income statement is a pretty big variable and the auditors will say we need to note that in the financial statements Mm -hmm. why did your insurance go up because we had a significant rise in mental health claims Mm -hmm. all of a sudden your investors if you're publicly traded are going to ask what in the world's going on there that you're having all of your teams going out on mental leave? What mm-hmm. type of organization are you running? And all of a sudden, the stock goes this way. Mm-hmm. Investors are doing this. CEO's out of a job. The board's gone. It turns into a mess. Or yeah. you can actually be a decent employer and communicate with your employees, and employees communicate with your bosses too, and come up with what do you need in order to be successful in the work that you're doing. Absolutely.
2: Do that will make it a lot easier. Yeah, I love that point, Michael. It, it's so very, I found that there's less sick time, but like we said, there's more stress in a different manner right now. Right. And that is leading to more mental health issues, maybe not physical at the moment. It could turn physical because we're all <laughs> interconnected, um, but right. we could go on a lot longer. I know we could, but we have to end it here. But I want everyone to find out how they can find out more about you, the Breakfast Leadership uh, Club or Network. How can they find out more about that and listen to your wonderful podcast?
1: Sure, uh, we'll start off the podcast. It's the Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Show. It's available on all the platforms, so you can find it there. Uh, com is the website. I'm on all the social media channels under... The letter B, Fast Leadership, don't put that on a license plate. Um, you'll get pulled over for sure. Uh, but be you know on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that, if you look under BeFast Leadership or the hashtag Breakfast Leadership, you'll find me. So I'm uh, more than happy to engage with anybody in the audience and, and talk further about burnout or anything else that comes to mind.
2: That's awesome. Well, I know this has been truly informative and helpful for our audience, Uh, maybe some of them dealing with stress right now. Thank you so much, Michael, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting.
1: Thank you very much.
2: If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.